all for you. Yeah, yo. There whenever it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't. Know I'm right alongside you. Here but that, I'm behind you, but always got you. End of discussion. Nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours. And know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret. Know that you covered. Not a hurdle or a heartbreak to change what a partake. Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway. My job is to aware you. Fully loaded. Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun. Not at all. Welcome, everyone, to a special collaboration between Dad is Not a Noun podcast, Cloudscape Studio, and the original Jeek podcast. Introducing first from Dad is Not a Noun is Mr. Ishmael Street. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? That's all you're going to get from me from now. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, sweet and simple and sweet. Uh, next is our favorite artist who will be drawing and is drawing as we speak from Cloudscape Studio, Damar Douglas. You can say something. You can say something, Damar. You can say something. man. Say hi, Damar. Just say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can hear you, Damar. Yeah, my mic is on, right? Yeah, yeah just say it. Oh, okay. Say hi and keep drawing, Damar. Oh, yeah. All good. That's my, my, my labor, all right. <laughs> all good. <laughs> Uh, and lastly, I am your host for this special event. My name is Matt Williams, a.k.a. Rockin' Mr. Magic of the original Jeek podcast by Jeek Nation. With us this evening are two esteemed guests. First, the organizer of this event, well, retired boxer Boyd Rainmaker Melson. Welcome. Thank you. I'm the plus one for this one. I'm the plus one. I'm the date I got brought. <laughs> the only one in this group that has an action figure. Can you show your action figure, please? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's real. It's that's real. real. It's real. It's got a hard head like me. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm in heaven watching this picture come along. I'm it's amazing, right? Yeah. It's amazing. And tell me why I keep like messing around with my with my mouse pad, like like I'm <laughs> like, like <you> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's well, that that voice you just heard, folks, is our other guest, former two time welterweight world champion, Showtime, Sean Porter. Yes, sir. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Does this happen on every show? Is somebody being being painted? And create it, recreate it in, in front of their eyes every show. This no, is a special thing it. that will happen occasionally, but does not happen every show. Yeah. Cause this is this has got me like like I said, like one 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 side of my brain is saying you can do it too, like do it with them, and then the other side <laughs> of the brain is saying, mess him up. You know what I mean? So I'm like my Jedi mind tricks ain't working though, because it's it's crazy the way this is happening. Like this yeah. is nuts. You just got eyeballs. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it came in so quick too. Like it did. He gave you compassionate eyes in this picture. Yeah, he did. I was like, please don't mess me up. Don't give me no cock eyes. Because you know? <laughs> that's what always happens. Like 
People do the, the, the painting. The whole painting be fly, and then the eyes be like. <laughs> <laughs> the whole painting be fly, but then the eyes be like, "What do you want from me now?" <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Real, real fast. Um, you got those Prince eyes, man. I'm like, I'm like hooked into it, man. Like, is that what you really mean to be telling that man right now? <laughs> Saying, I'm just saying, it's a dope. Paul's real hard right now. But I'm saying, I'm just aura in that artwork. I'm just saying. True story is yesterday. My wife was, my wife has family in Mexico, and they're buying her sunglasses. And I told her she didn't need any. And she looked at me and said, "Why didn't you ever wear sunglasses?" I said, "Because I have beautiful eyes, and I'm not going to cover these up." Ever. <laughs> yeah. You want them to get lost? What'd she say? She, she rolled her eyes. She said, whatever. You know. Also, we're going to get started. Um, first, we're going to start with my side of the world, the fun side. I get to have fun with everything. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions from the on a cheeky side, which, you know, jock geek side, and just, just have fun. And, boy, some of these questions will be open. So if you want to jump in, feel free. Yeah. Cool. So, Mr. Port, of your line. 35 professional fights, which one? Is your favorite? Mm, I will have to say my favorite five. I really have kind of three that are like um, Keith Thurman. It was the first fight on CBS since Muhammad Ali had fought uh, Leon Spinks way back in the day. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of um, – the eyeballs that were on us for that fight, it was big. And it was like the biggest for me at that point in my career. And probably, yeah, probably even till now. Um, and it was, it was that kind of fight where he, it was known that he and I were friends and it was known that, um, that he and I, uh, were practically the best fighters in the division at, 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 at our age. Yeah. Right. Cause you had, you had Manny, you have, Floyd ahead of us, and you had a couple of other old heads that were ahead of us. But in terms of like young gunners, he and I were the young gunners at that point, and so it was like we were going to cancel one one another out, and then somebody was going to move forward, and the other one was not, obviously, or or for me took a small step back. And so with with everything that came, the magnitude of that fight was amazing, mm-hmm. and that was 2016, and I still talk to people today. 2021 and they they kind of gaze off like it happened just yesterday and so that kind of for me was the first experience that i had in terms of reaching one of my biggest goals which is creating fights that will be memorable for a very very long time mm-hmm. and then um the fight that i had with danny garcia winning the wbc title an- another opportunity i had to realize a goal of mine make a make a goal of my reality in terms of winning the WBC title. Uh, and I've told this story plenty of times. Um, it's that feeling of when, having my name called as the winner is like second to me seeing my second, my, my firstborn come to this world. So mm-hmm. that's how big that was for me. And then the very, uh, well, second to last fight that I had against Earl Smith Jr. Uh, again, the, the, the heat and, and the moment was, was, was really hot. And I think that we both were able to capitalize on that night. Uh, I think that we both um, left it all in the rain that night. And again, you're talking about a fight that people will will consider an instant classic, right there. So definitely, I've man, listen, man, um, that was the fight of the year. Yeah, 
I, I personally, I predicted that he would win. But yeah. I was rooting for you. Yeah. And after the fight, I was like, I, th- I was like, I think Porter won this fight. Yeah. We were yeah. arguing at work. We were just like, yo, I think Porter won. Listen, man, I never. So again, like, real quick, just to go back, I was, I don't know, ten or eleven. I was like, man, I was watching Marvin, Marvin Hagler, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Tommy Hearns. And Tommy Hearns. That- and I said, I, w- I want to do that one day. But in my mind, like, people aren't going to the barbershop the next day talking about me. In my mind, people aren't, you know, showing up to work, arguing with their co- co-workers or, you know, agreeing with their co-workers on what they just saw, so on and so forth. So, like, to see it and hear it now that people still to this day are arguing, debating, excited, whenever that fight comes up is, like, to me, is like, it can't, can't get any better than that. <laughs> Oh, that's a very dope approach and extremely yeah. awesome and humble for you. Because as yeah. a fan myself, it's like, it's like wow, like and they yeah. were and what y'all did in the ring was magic. Yeah, it, 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 I, gave, it gave me Hearns Hagler vibes. Because yeah, way- that's that's what I'm saying. When I fought um, Keith Thurman, I said y'all, it's gonna be people that love him. It's gonna be people that love us, love me, and at the end, y'all gonna love us both. You know, and right. I think that where I was kind of able to, you know reinvent that again against uh Errol Spence Jr. Most definitely. Yeah. Um recently you said that Terrence Crawford is your preferred next fight. Yeah. But but if that fight doesn't happen, yeah. who would you prefer to fight next? You know what? We don't have a name right now, but my dad, he he basically cornered me. He's he's been asking me to give him names for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh last weekend we we're in Cleveland back home. And uh, I'm driving and he got in the seat with me and we, you know, went on like a 30 minute drive to get to somewhere. And he says, he says, hey, if it's not, excuse me, if it's not Terrence Crawford, we need to figure out when and we need to figure out who. He said, let's just start with where, when. So we uh, we've decided that we're going to get back in the ring in July. So, OK, no, no opponent right now. But um, obviously, you know. There's a piece of me that wants Terrence Crawford, but there's another bigger piece of me now understanding that that fight may not happen. And if it doesn't, I'm not really sure who uh, yet. Gotcha. Okay. Speaking of Cleveland, um, with the addition of Jadavion Clowney, yeah. how, far yeah. you, how far can your Browns go? Yeah. How high um, are you as a Browns fan? Listen, if if J, 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 Jadavion... <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's healthy, I think that our defense is kind of we're gonna cover the sidelines. We gotta pick up some DBs in this draft. Um by where I'm sitting at, I feel like we have one solid defensive back, and um and I think the other ones are gonna have to find a way through. Um, but you know, given the fact that we were able to make it into the second round last year, I think that we are all looking at getting right there at the least this coming season. If we get there, uh, I, I will be happy. And if we're able to kind of get over that, um, that poll and get into, you know, the conference championship, that would be amazing. I think for Cleveland fans and, um, you know, in Cleveland, the whole city, the whole city will rise if we see that. Most definitely. Yeah, man. It- I mean, I, I just I can imagine being an offensive lineman having to deal with Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett at the same time. Yeah, so like that's, and that's wild. And, and if you paid attention to the Browns last year, Miles um, was on both sides of the ball last year. So we can mix it up. He can will and deal on both ends, which is awesome. Yeah, he can go and, when he, he can so. he can play any position on the D line. He's interesting he's, he's pick. A 
interesting pickup getting Clowney because I just didn't see something like that coming to us, and and it has, and it seems like you know the the new regime and what we, what we've been saying now for for the last few seasons is the new culture is really starting to show up and become very really uh, real for for Cleveland. Indeed. Okay. I'm going to flip it a little out, out, out the sports part and go into some of the... Probably the should, because I'll talk Cleveland all day. <laughs> well, I'm sure you would. Yeah, I mean, it would. But see, I can't do too much because I'm a Detroit cat. So it okay. would start to get testy. Yeah. You do too I much you. in Detroit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to flip it to some of the, the nerdy side of life. I saw um, on your IG that you were uh, doing some showtime at the movies, which were pretty dope, some dope reviews. Yeah. Um, it looks like you want to get back to that. How you know? <laughs> I can tell. I can tell you. you know? I can tell you want to get back into that. Listen, I do. I do. My dad scared me away from going to the movies. This is a true story. He he. I think my dad started to feel like okay, Sean is <laughs> is is training to break away so that he can go to the movies. It had nothing to do with a woman or nothing. I just I. Love going to the movies, and so I was I going, to the, going to the movies. I don't know what it was like. Why that bugged him? But me, me making a post like I would go to. I was some at some at one point. I was going to the movies like two times a week, possibly even three times a week. And he's like, "Okay, this has got to stop." <laughs> he said, "No, you ain't going to the movies no more. No more movies. You need to be watching fights, and you need to be training, and so on and so forth." So he kind of pulled me away from that, but. You know, with everything going on, I do have a theater room at my house. And the, the next move for me is to have everyone come to my move, my you know, theater yeah. so that we can watch the movies. So that way I can get my feel that I get from going to the movies and then I can still post them. So Mortal Kombat has come out. I haven't yes. posted about it yet because yes. I've been waiting on my wife to see it, but she's gonna miss out. Oh, I can't, exclusive! I Tell can't wait much longer. I can't wait much longer. I, I haven't watched it yet. You haven't watched it? I know, I know, I know, I know. And that was the biggest thing. Is like, in order for me to make these to do these posts, I gotta watch the movie as soon as it drops. So, right, I, it, it, I will, I will be posting about this movie before the weekend. What about King Kong and Godzilla? Did you watch it yet? King Kong and Godzilla was nice. I King watched Kong. that too. I, I actually like the way that it started. Like I like the way that they in the in the beginning credits they show like the history and all. They kind of got everybody up on who who King Kong is to to that world, and then who King and then who Godzilla is in, in retrospect and how he was gonna really be able to conquer uh, King Kong. I just thought the movie was fabulous. And they explained why they had beef because we were everyone. The big question yeah. was why are they beefing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. Like, yo, why why are they beefing? Like, what what's the what's the deal here? Like, okay, y'all got us excited about this monster movie, but we've been seeing this monster movie for years, and when's it gonna end? So, you know, for them to give us a little bit more of the storyline was tight. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, so you, you hold up, you, so you a geek, and I gotta I gotta flip the I gotta flip it back on you. Yes, go ahead, please, because you a geek. <laughs> well, I, I, I put, a, put a J, put a J on front. Geek. I'm a former jock. Who's also a geek? There you yes. go. You, so you're a geek. So yes. you is what we saw in terms of the the story of them being from this um, prehistoric hollow earth. Is that yeah. how like how far back does that storyline date? The hollow earth part has always been part of the lore, but not like big. So it's kind of a new. It's kind of a they kind of shoehorned a bit of an explanation in there. Okay, but it made sense. 
Yeah. For for that type of film. So yeah. I wasn't mad at it. Yeah. Um, I don't know any of, you know, King Kong purists or Godzilla purists that were yeah. mad at it. Yeah. It, it, it was slightly convoluted, but it made sense for yeah. this imaginary world where these Titan, Titanic sized, you know, animals live. Right. So right. It, it worked. It was cool. Right. And the movie was fun. And what it made even more sense was the fact that you just used the word lore. Yes. King Kong did punk out at one point that moment. Got he didn't punk out. He just, you know, what much more he could do. No, no, and Godzilla showed though who I got the, I saw defeat in his eyes and I yeah. hurt me in my soul. You saw that yeah. too, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hurt me. Nah, hand, see, boy, you see, you you you're both fighters. You know there's always time for a strategic retreat yeah, to, right. to gather yourself <laughs> and then come back. That's all Kong did. He just took a strategic retreat. Yeah, that joker good. needed his heart jolted by like <laughs> like Thor to get him back alive. One hundred percent. Well then you know what that's that you want know, speaking of Thor boy. Um you've reviewed a lot. Well, first of all, Sean, if you ever want to do a movie podcast, I'm your man. Right. Um well two. Boom. I saw you reviewed a bunch of MCU movies. Which MCU movie is your favorite? I can't. I can't really pick one, man. I feel like it's I, it, when you watch one, or we'll start with the very first. When you watch the very first, or one of the very first, you feel like you, you're on top of the world, and it can't get no better than that. And then they, am I right or am I wrong that they just kept hitting us and they kept hitting us? Right. They kept hitting us. You gotta watch them all. Yeah. And so each so, one was like just as good as the next, just a different spin on it. Yeah. So the last one, uh, what's the what's the what are the last two called? Uh Infinity War and Endgame. Infinity. So I saw Infinity War and I was like, that kind of hit home for me from a re- from a religious standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my wife and I was like, I was hating the movie when I walked out. And I told her, I was like, we made an agreement that we weren't gonna go see Endgame, right? And then uh I just started like, you know replaying that that movie in my head i never even watched it again just kept replaying in my head and sure enough when they started showing cre- um uh trailers for the next one i looked at her she was like you said we weren't gonna i said i was like we gotta finish it we gotta finish what we started you know what I mean? exactly and they killed it again you know what i mean so it's you can't i can't really pick one i think uh if i have to if i have to maybe civil war okay that's yeah. a great one yeah Think that's, that one's a lot of fun. Yeah, that one. I think that one was Frank Willow's in that in that one. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. That's Crossbones. Nice. He was the dude in the. Um, you know, oh, he was Crossbones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the he he was the Captain America. He was part of the Hydra. He was part of Hydra. But yeah, but then he flipped. Mm-hmm. They flipped. But why they kill him off? I don't know. You know, Crossbones is such a great minor villain. They he told me Mendez that he signed for two additional Avengers role of movies post that one. So that's what caught me when they killed him off in the beginning. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised then if they can fit him in some backstory. I, a lot of people want to know what can he do? Cause they didn't really show him doing anything besides just appearing and then getting thrown into a building. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're going to get multiverse anyway. So yeah, we got to worry, worry about that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, speaking so speak, a, speaking of Endgame, oh, wait, go ahead. Did we, did we just get an exclusive that we just heard? We, we did. I just tried get to. I tried to bounce over it, man. <laughs> he not. He he don't know. He don't know better. <laughs> you guys talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? We did. It's all good. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to let him catch on. So 
<laughs> speaking of Endgame, if you have if you have to box Thanos to undo the snap, <laughs> and you get one hero's powers, whose powers do you take? Um, I always said the power I wanted. Is the power that uh, Wolverine has to rejuvenate himself and okay and, and, and re re yeah, and and heal himself? I don't think anybody in in that part of the of the comic series Hulk, has Hulk, that. Hulk is kind of that way. Kinda. Hulk, no, Hulk is just raging. Yeah, like he's just not gonna stop. Yeah, Hulk is not gonna stop. Oh yeah, Hulk is out of control. Yeah, yeah. gamma rage, rage. Yeah. But I feel like I've always had like, if anything, I've had like a um a connection with the Hulk. So okay, yeah. Cool, cool. All right, last one I have for you before we go to the Dad is Not a Noun section. If you could be any fictional character, who would you be? Oh, goodness. Out of, out of from anything, anywhere, anything. This could be comics, this could be video games, this could be movies, this could be any fictional character. I don't even know, man. I think, uh, if anything, I think you could, you could be Shaft, you could be Wolverine, <laughs> you could be Hulk, you could be Scorpion, you could be Black Panther, you could be anybody. I don't know, man. Boy, so Boyd is probably the only one on this call, and I'm sure a lot of people now are, might be surprised or not, but Boyd knows that I do have a uh, extreme interest in acting. Mm. And so I've always said that I wanted to play a superhero. I don't know what superhero it would be. I think a long time ago I found the Falcon, and then uh, my guy, um, what's his name, uh, that that does the Falcon. He 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 took that role, and he's and he's mastered the role. I can't think of his name right now, but um, that that's kind of like where I want to go with this. Is like I, I would love to be play a superhero. Okay, I got I, okay, I got one for you. So Kevin Feige, if you ever hear this, Sean Porter. As the Night Thrasher. Mm. <laughs> now, if you don't know Night Thrasher, Sean, he oh, is God. pretty much like Marvel's young black Batman. So mm. Rich, orphaned, rich. Really? Um, fights crime. And he's got uh, two like metal small like yeah maybe like two foot long metal poles um oh, yeah. i think he uses just to thrash people yeah. um very batman like and yeah. he's part of the new warriors but i think you will be a great fit as night thrasher because you, okay. you, you look you know you can carry yourself in the suit you can look the the affluent part yeah. we know you got hands and we know you're in great shape i think night thrasher will be a good fit for you where does where does his character come from is it like Based off of, like, played off of Batman? Uh, not that anyone's allowed to admit. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but, he's, but he will uh, be the, he will be the closest. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I, I was, I think he would be a good fit because he's a non, he's like Batman because he's non, he doesn't have any superpowers, mm -hmm. but he's super smart. Mm -hmm. He's got body armor, he's got hands, and he's, uh, he's been a leader of the, the new warriors. Okay. I think he, I think he'd be a good fit for you if they decide to go new warriors in the MCU. It looks smooth. I dig it. I like that, but I could, I, I, I must disagree. I think, uh, Porter would be pr a perfect Bishop. That's me. <sighs> Bishop would be cool too. I can see that. But see, Bishop is always like more like he's a bulky dude. Yeah, you know, I, do, I am familiar Bishop with like Bishop. Thick, yeah, you know? I am familiar with him. He thick. 
This is like a hood two fifty, you know. Anthony Mackey, yeah, I could not think of his. Oh, uh, I Mackie, knew his yeah. last name was Mackey. Yeah. And Sean, I think you'd be a badass blade. Like, I'm throwing it out. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. What's the name? Um, Wesley did blade. It ain't, did it ain't too blade. late, you know what I mean? But yeah, he did a he did a great blade. And I could see you being a good Captain America. <laughs> I can't. They did, didn't they? Do like a black. Captain America? Yeah, not even, oh, yeah, they just, I mean, they not just even, did it in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, not yeah. even. If, if you haven't saw that yet. Regardless, yeah. regardless of that, I think you'd be a great Captain America. Yeah. Now, they could start you, because we were talking about this offline, that it would be great. There's there's a hero, Isaiah Bradley. Um, I, they're, not, they're probably not going to have a show of his, but it would be cool for them to show some backstory as they build for their young Avengers. Uh, you would be a great age to play a young Isaiah Bradley. Um, I didn't, but you just don't look like Carl Lumbly, who just played <laughs> old Isaiah Bradley. Who is that? Uh, Carl Lumbly? No, no, no. The the character. Isaiah Bradley is a character they created essentially to shed light on the Tuskegee experiments oh, okay. um, and the hidden history of black Americans. Mm-hmm. So they made him pretty much. He was a Captain America um, way back in you know the, the 40s and such, but no one knew about him. Okay. He was a he was an urban legend. And oh. they, they, um, they experimented on him and they, after they gave him the serum, they used his blood to try to recreate the serum out, you know, very Tuskegee like. They had him locked up, you know, mistreated him. So he's not a very popular character, but they used him in the Falcon Winter Soldier series that just ended last Friday. Okay. Um, was so a lot of white folk <laughs> found out who he is. Uh-huh. Um, but he's, he's a really cool character. If, if you have time to read, you're a busy man. Yeah. There's a great comic called, um, truth, red, white, and black. That is a mini series about Isaiah Bradley. That's a fantastic read for anyone okay. listening. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Cool in the game. So while while we transition to uh, to issues questions, what do you think of what Demar has done so far? It's Isn't crazy. that amazing? It's crazy. Like he and I and I and I'm in the art, so I see what he's doing. Like he's adding the shade. To show like the light is on me. I, I I'm familiar with the picture that he's using too. I'm gonna try to see if I can pull up the picture that he's using. And um, my man is getting down like while we're doing while we're doing this. And my thing is like in my in my world, this is brand new to computers. So when did he start doing this? And how did he get good so quick? <laughs> That's skills. what I wanted though. He got skills. <laughs> go go ahead, go ahead, Demar. Tell him when you start him. Okay, can you hear me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mic on. Yeah, mic on. Yeah, we can hear you, Demar. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm a <laughs> traditional oil painter, acrylic, um, traditional media. But I recently, well, not recently, but I had a flood in my apartment, and I lost like thousands of dollars of worth of uh, paintings, original oh, paintings. Paper, canvas, and my iPad was on the table, <laughs> so it was still good. So I found out uh, it was about maybe seven years ago. Um, so I started running around, you know, painting on the iPad. I can like this, and you, you travel, go whatever, and it's no dry time. And like for example, if you want to copy it, <laughs> send it to you or whatever. Um, yeah, to print it out on canvas. It up in my house or whatever you want to do. I, mean, I, I bootlegged it already. I took a picture. I bootlegged it already. <laughs> <laughs> <It's been> bootlegged. 
my copyright. Bublik, the hell out of that too. It happened to you again, Demar. They, they they stole your Colin Kaepernick work, and now this. Now, I mean, uh, at the least, what we can do is, it, at the least, what we can do, man, is, is start posting it and 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 uh, and, uh, and promoting it and, and promoting you and and all that kind of stuff, man. I'm sure that there's fans that if you sent the print to me, I could sign it, and there's fans that would uh that would love to um purchase it, you know, win it through a contest, anything like that. And whether that money goes to you or goes to a foundation, it ain't going to me. So that would that be like a great giveaway. Yeah, that would be great. Let's let's definitely uh move forward with something like that. Oh, that's that. definitely. All right, ish, yeah. ish, the show is now yours. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was dope, man. Mr. Showtime, thank you for joining us. Uh, first question I want to ask. Uh, recently, Tom celebrated a 100th birthday. Talk about that, King. Yeah, man. Um, it's a, For me, it's a distant relative. Um, my, 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 uh, my dad was closer to her and that side of the family um, than I have ever been. <clears throat> her name is Flora, Auntie Flora. She's our auntie. And for majority of the family that we were with was a is a grandmother or great grandmother, great great grandmother, and um, I believe my dad counted a total of uh, six generations in the room um, the night that we were able to celebrate with her. I got a video of her telling jokes um, over the over the last week. She's sharp. She's got great memory, uh, as does my dad. Um, She's still relatively healthy at this point. Um, I was telling the story on my podcast that she's feeding herself. She can, you know, in some ways clothe herself and take care of herself, which is which is amazing at 100 years old. You don't something you don't typically see. Normally, you know, we see the worst, which is someone, you know, a bed rest and things like that. So for me to be able to see that, uh, share a small conversation with her and, um, you know, just hear the beauty and 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 through her her voice and through her stories was amazing, and um, definitely a moment that I will always cherish. That's awesome. Talk about the the candy story because you both have a sweet tooth. Yeah. So, which is you know when I when I went over, my dad's like, "Hey, let's go take some pictures with Auntie." And my whole thing was I didn't want to just be in a picture with her and people see that oh Sean was with with his aunt that just turned one hundred. So. You know, I haven't had very many moments to speak with her. I would say outside of that weekend, two or three other opportunities. So I was like, you know what, before we get into the picture taking, let me, you know, talk to her and, you know, introduce myself and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And while I'm while I was talking to her, she's opening up a little piece of candy. And um, I said, Auntie, you want me to get that for you? And she said, yeah. And so it was already like halfway open when I when I went when I reached for it. And once I got it all the way open for her, I handed it to her. And she says, uh, you can tell them to bring some more candy on over here because this ain't enough for me. I said, <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm like, hold on. Now. You got a little attitude. You got you still got some character. You know how to how to handle yourself and be fun and funny and tell people what you want. You know, so it just it was really amazing to uh to be in the room with her that night. That's dope. I, My I, dad I, got it uh got it documented and everything. So she was Hopefully, when we get that done, we'll be able to post that and things like that. But she told plenty of stories. You imagine she was born in in um, nineteen twenty one, so 
um, just amazing to to see what was coming from her that night. That's awesome because I want to frame it because the importance of the two L's, love and mm-hmm. legacy. So can you talk about the importance of love and legacy when the relationship between your father as well as your children? Boy, mm-hmm. if you want to touch on your experience with your dad too, go for it. Um, I'll go first. What I what I tell uh what I tell people nowadays is that my dad started the dynasty without even knowing it. And um I'm here to carry on the dynasty, make make the dynasty bigger and stronger than what he ever knew that he was doing or did not know what he was doing. But our legacy, it's funny that you use that word legacy and love, because our legacy basically is built around love. Um I remember my dad like practically forcing me to tell my brother that I loved him when I was younger. You know, you just, you don't understand these things, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm seven years old. My dad said, <laughs> tell your brother you love him. I'm like, well, I do, you know, I love you. You know what I mean? Like all apprehensive. You don't really want to say it, you know? Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I understood that that was something that my dad was never able, ever able to share with his brother nor his family. My dad didn't have the kind of family that we have, that he had with me, didn't have a dad. Mom was, you know, there, but not there, so on and so forth. And so my dad was basically pouring into us everything that he always wanted. And I I didn't understand that for a long time. So you fast forward and people saying, you know, hey, you guys got a great relationship and, and, and you guys are doing things in the boxing world that you don't see very often, you know, how, how are you guys able to do that? And no joke, you could probably watch a video right now where I'm telling people that at the end of the day, we love each other and our love gets us in and out of the ring safely, gets us in and out of the ring successfully. And, um, that kind of is just how it is, man. The, the number one thing that I can tell people about the legacy that my dad has began, it all revolves around love. And um, that's that's basically what we are, man. We're a big ball of love that, you know, when we go up at night and thousands of people in the in the stadium, y'all ain't seeing nothing but the love go to work. That's all it is. That's awesome. Boy, you yeah. want to say that? Was, uh, was the question about love and legacy between your father? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my father set a really good template uh, for a vision of what to aspire to be and with the constant rhetoric, repetition over and over and over again throughout my childhood of oh, a vision for how somebody could be uh, and what you can try to promote in others. So that's so me following in alignment with what I remember his teachings were uh, is the way of me carrying him present even when he's no longer here and God willing, when I finally have a son of my own, it'll be a rebirth of my father. Uh, because his life mm-hmm. will just transfer to it's run its whole cycle, its course. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and because it's easy, not people are going to violate their own visions that they create for themselves just by being human and making mistakes. But that doesn't mean that the, that the visions harness it all. It's just we're humans. We're, we're going to mess up <laughs> with the visions there. Mm-hmm. And the key thing is vision. Can you talk about uh, what discipline in boxing has you have you applied to uh, fatherhood, uh, Showtime? Yeah, um, all of it. Uh, I, unfortunately for my wife, uh, everything that I do is is kind of like comes from boxing. So 
when our, her and I have conversations, like I find myself talking to her the way my dad talks to me, but, and, and I find myself kind of like, and for the sake of words, kind of like coaching her or, or giving her this rhythm that I've heard for so long. And the same thing for my sons, my son, well, definitely the three-year-old and the the other one will follow, follow, follow right behind him where, you know, I'm saying, Hey, this is what I want you to do. And then I'm telling him to repeat it back to me. You know, and what my son just out of nowhere, he's three years old now, but out of nowhere, he just starts all the time. He'll he'll recite the rules of the house. So <laughs> uh, all the time. So, like, you know, I said <laughs> it's crazy because it's like it's like Diggy. I said, don't pick up the water. You put it down right there on the table. Only mommy and daddy pick it <laughs> like, yes, Diggy. Like, yes, only mommy and daddy. So you hear that all the time. But. It's basically that's where I come from. I come from a world where everything has to be very precise. Everything has to be uh, calculated, and and you very room, very small room for mistakes. You know, so that's kind of how I'm growing my household. You know, kind of a bit the same. That's awesome. And then last question: Talk about your experience at West Point because I know last week you and Boyd were together at I West. Gotta Point. go back. I gotta go back. And I wish people could go and really see what these cadets do, how these cadets um, operate, how they go by day to day, how 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 Monday gets them to Tuesday. It's a day to day process. And I know that because the kind of regiment that I work on is very similar and has I've worked on that regiment for so long that when I saw those kids, those cadets out there. I just I knew instantly like they're living the same life that I've had to live for a long time where, you know, freedom for the sake of words was very restricted. Um, you had to you had to ask before you got anything. You had to ask before you went and did anything. It was, you know, you had to get permission and and somebody has to know exactly where you're at, exactly when you're coming back, exactly where you were, who you were with, so on and so forth. And so just seeing the way they moved and 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 I think the other thing that uh really struck me was the kind of structure and respect that they have for one another. And it's I think boy, you can speak to this, but I think they go from being forced to have that kind of structure and respect to adopting that structure and respect. And again, like just coming back to myself, I saw, I see like that I, I once we get off the line, Israel, I'm going to always re, uh, refer to you as sir. And you're going to tell me a hundred times not to, but I'm going to do it a hundred times because that's who I am and that's where I come from. And so to see those guys just stand up and be strong at all times, it's very, very hard to do. And I think that that's where my respect and admiration comes from for them, because you guys really you you guys don't see the training camps that we have. The training camps are they're they're vigorous. You know, they're hard. Um, there's a lot of hard times and days, um, but we get a break after that big night and you guys see the big, you see it all in that one night, you know? So, and that one night we're, we're basically trying to do, we're, we're at war for one night, but you know, um, hopefully by the grace of God, those, those cadets won't be at war forever, but they, they, the, the fire that they're under every single day, the fire just go through that couple times a year you know what I mean so my hat really goes off to them and, and I'm looking forward to being able to get back out there ASAP because I loved it that's dope and last word uh, boy brother tell me about that nostalgia of going back last week 
because people know your history a little bit, you know, three-time champion. So talk about that nostalgia going back last week. Sure. Uh, so I was a four-time champ at West Point. My bad. My bad. Get <laughs> <laughs> right. that man his flowers, ish. The most special thing, and I told my mother this when I got home, was, you know, it's rare. Sometimes you have parts of your life in different segments that, you care that are the centers of your life individually, but they're never going to find each other unless it's mm-hmm. like a wedding or a funeral mm-hmm. and, or a fight. Yeah. That bring when you're, when you're the one fighting, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's in the same spot. And I got to have at the location that is so dear to my, my foundation, which after I left West Point and I was boxing in the army that I'm boxing for team USA, all of my my peers had no experience with understanding that place. And you have to understand it to really kind of understand me some. And to be able to have bring Sean, no, I didn't bring him for him to be there. And then for me to get him to take him around, like my holiest of holy places, mm-hmm. get to experience that with him. Yeah. Get to have those two entities that I care. It's almost like you have your the love of like your mother and your father, but when they're together, yeah, the same spot, and then being able, my classmate Monique at the very end uh, came on over, and I've known her since fre- freshman year. Uh, so that's the most memorable year at West Point, and having them two interact and getting a picture of them two together, so I can visually see my lives coming together, and that with the people I care about just so much, and I have some awesome pictures of Coach Barone talking to Sean, Sean's backside. Coach Barone's the Army West Point boxing coach. He's a legend there. He's the, my first coach I ever had. And just taking those snapshots to know that I have Sean in box, fresh plea boxing is the start of everything in my life, mm-hmm. of the story. Yeah. And having him, like, it's like I went back, I brought him back in time with mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And I just, that was great. And then watching those cadets not give t- two cares about who he was once the <laughs> bell rang. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why I told Sean, I said, listen, these kids fight with a belief. Like, they represent something greater than a human. So, the, it, like, it doesn't, I'm army. You're not beating me no matter what you are. I'm going out on the shield. I don't know anything else. And I've been watching the sparring more frequent. It's amazing how they always release, no matter what. Like, you can't get any freebies. They're just trained to release. But that's the mentality mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. Fight back. We're yeah. West Point. We fight back. We're West Point. We fight back. Wow. That's yeah. awesome, man. And, again, I want to thank you, brothers, for taking the time to talk to us because this was like – I didn't even feel like this was an interview. This was like a, a moment in brotherhood. Yeah. So I want to thank you for your time. Before we end it, tell the people how they can find you guys. Uh, again, I will go first. And let me first off start by saying – I know we we joked around and all that kind of stuff. Short on time because I had something to do. Bring me back whenever. Anything going on? You ain't got no. Your guest fell out. Hit me up. I'm 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 here because uh you again. I didn't tell the the entire story about my dad, but you know my dad not having a father caused him to want. He kind of yearned to be there for me at every single point, every single facet of my life, and he's kind of. Spread that into me. And so I do the same things with my sons. Um, 
again, learning from my dad. I learned how to, you know, give them some space. I learned how to let them be with mom and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's been amazing being a father now and, uh, and I enjoy it. So whenever we have an opportunity to talk about it some more, let's do it. Um, don't be hesitant at all to to invite me back. And I would love to have you on my podcast, the Portaway podcast. Um, our uh, episodes drop every Tuesday. All of the podcasting platforms. I tell everybody watching on YouTube because it's always much fun, funner to, much more fun to see us do it like that. Uh, every, all of my social media: Showtime, Sean P. Um, and I will be back in the ring in July. I will be on TV Saturday night. So <laughs> I'm always on TV nowadays. Thank you, fellas. No, thank you, Boyd. Our esteemed pleasure. I just want to say I wish that I had the video footage from the first times, one of the first times I ever interacted with Sean, which is why I was a I was this bystander, was in 06 at the U.S. Championships uh, right before his going out for his semifinals fight against Edwin Rodriguez. And I just got out of the ring when I just fought Keith. And I go out in the hallway, and it's like out of a movie scene. You see Sean, he's 17 years old. He's got – whatever he's wearing on and he's looking up like this at his father and his father's looking down maybe two feet away, giving him this pep talk. There's nobody in the, in the, I just happened to walk out. So they were all by themselves and he's just looking down, running. He goes something like, Sean, they don't want to see you. They don't. You think Danny wants to fight you? They don't want to fight you about Jacobs. You don't want that. They don't want, Sean, they don't want to see you. All right. You get it. They don't want to go out and do what you're supposed to do. They don't. They they can't do shit. They know this. <laughs> and he's like 17, and his pops and Sean's like this, like it's just such a good student. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah. And and then Sean came. Well, he pulled off something amazing in the amateurs. How many points he was down against this dude in the last round and beat him. Yeah. And that dude yeah. was defending national champ. But I just wish I could have had that. So you wait, you know when. The fans see all the people and their stardom, but they don't see yeah. the moments yeah. leading up. A young yeah. child, 17 years old, yeah. his daddy. Yeah. But I know that exists. Yeah. So I know that bond, like, way before it got public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love it. Uh, Boyd Melson on any social media, B-O-Y-D-M-E-L-S-O-N. Uh, and uh, you guys are welcome to be on each other's podcast again at any time. Just letting you know, putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> we got to work on you getting your own podcast too, because you need a podcast. Back. It's true. It's true. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to have Sean as my guest every day. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> Just call him the co host. Just call him the co host. <laughs> no, it's my podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, Sean, what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> we talk about everything. Yeah. How to take yeah. over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. The pinky in the brain reference. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, guys, thank you for your time on here. And. Mm-hmm. You know, God willing, we'll, we're going to be coming well, within some months. We may come back with some good news about a, a movie project that Sean and I have been working on pretty hard. So that that's was dope. cool to share also. Yeah. Hey, I've been writing the screenplay for like 10 years. So, Sean, <laughs> if, you, if you ever think you want to. Um... We got to help ourselves first. We can't yeah. help you. <laughs> no, I'm talking about. Hey, hey, by, by the, by the, no, by the, by, the time, by the time I'm done writing. Everything you're working on will be finished. Um, <laughs> but, if, but if you think you can, if this, you think you can play a cowboy, this is a, a masterpiece cowboy. and a half you working on, huh? <laughs> hey, hey. I mean, 
I'm 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 writing a movie about um Bill Pickett, who was the first black cowboy inducted to the Cowboy Hall of Fame. He's a cowboy legend. Okay. And there's been some patience and some, you know, respect. I don't want to mess the story up, yeah. you know. Um, and then I've got five kids. I did tell you that before. So, you know, yeah. time is not oh, yeah. a thing sure. that I have a whole lot yeah. of. But sure. I've been I've been writing. But by the time I'm done writing, y'all, everything y'all working on will be done and probably win an Academy Award before I'm done writing. <laughs> Good luck with that, man. Hey, let's check in with Damar right quick. On a, uh, give me a percentage. How 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 far done are you? I I gotta go, but I know they'll still be here for a minute. Oh, um, Demar, what percentage is this right here? Look like one hundred to me. So <laughs> he's gonna say like that's tw- that's twenty percent. That's yeah. He, you already bootlegged. Oh, Those already done. <laughs> <laughs> bootlegged it for my wife. She, my wife got it. That's all. Forty percent. Oh, he said, Bullock. "That man said forty percent." Oh my god! Okay, we'll, we'll we'll allow you to say that. We'll allow you to say <laughs> that. <laughs> you got you got twelve minutes. How long is our podcast? You got twelve minutes. That's that's your, lip, your lips look that's like that in real life. Oh, no, nah, they look they 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 are sexier than that. But I get it. I get it. <laughs> He can't do it too. He can't go too far. I get it. I got to go, fellas. Hey, yo, my extreme pleasure. I got to get back on with y'all, man. Have a good one, y'all. Thank you. So for you. Yeah, yo There whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't No, I'm right alongside you Here but that or I'm behind you But always got you End of discussion Nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders For what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable In your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded prepare you For all of the above That I'm never letting get near you But still in all Give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them Along with my crown And since the baton was passed I've been down Cause failing's not an option And dad is not a noun Not at all My message to any dad man First off know that Yeah it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.